0: Today on the Locked On Hornets podcast, it's media day, and we got a preview of some of the things that Clifford might say from Rod Boone of the Charlotte Observer. Plus, the Hornets make a ton of point guard signings, but does it really fix this backup point guard issue? That and more today on the Locked On Hornets podcast.
1: You are Locked On Hornets, your daily Charlotte Hornets podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your
0: team every day.
1: In a minute, we live. We live. It's the Locked On Hornets podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. It's your team every day. Thanks for making us your first listen. We're free and available anywhere you get your podcasts, and that includes YouTube. There's Doug Branson. You can find him on his substack, stack, everyhornetsboxscore.com. And I am Walker Mail. Listen to me on WFNZ every weekday from 12 to 3 p.m. This episode is brought to you by Game Time. Today's episode is brought to you by Game Time, where you can download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code NBA for $20 off your first purchase. I need to keep the volume at a real low level because if I don't, <laughs> the phlegm has oh, no. hit me in a bad, bad way. So I cannot go over like a certain decibel or it gets real bad for me. Not That's today. Why
0: today of all days, Walker. Yep. Your voice. Yep. Oh, no. Well... Uh, Trust me, listen, you're at the you're in the right place uh, because I could talk for this entire show. I can interrupt you at any time uh, because I want to not because I want to interrupt you, but because I want to save your voice.
1: Thank you. I appreciate it. It's going to be one of those things like last year. I hate it. I hate it with a passion, especially with what I do in the morning. It's so bad. Well, we record the podcast in the morning, so usually I'm a lot better once we get to the show, like at 12 o'clock is when we start, but in the morning, it's the absolute worst, and so we're picking, we're making a perfect storm of how bad I can sound. Let's, uh, Let's go to Steve Clifford, his comments in the Charlotte Observer. There was an interview with the head coach with Rod Boone of the Charlotte Observer, and he spoke a little bit. About a few different topics here, Doug. What did you want to lead off with? Did you want to lead with the superstar of this team and what Steve Clifford had to say about LaMelo?
0: I think we should. I think we should lead with LaMelo because we have not. We, LaMelo did do an interview for uh, some kind of uh, fashion site and said, you know, he so, sort of the standard things that you would expect LaMelo to say that he's, you know, focused on making the playoffs, that they've got a lot to prove this year. But we just haven't talked about LaMelo ball because he's been you know, getting back to 100% health, and, and he stayed out of the headlines, thankfully. Uh, and so here we have Clifford speaking about LaMelo, Rod asking the pertinent question here, how does LaMelo take the next step? <laughs> it's, it's a question that we asked last offseason, too, and didn't really get a firm answer to because he only played in 36 games and hurt his ankle four times. Well, hurt both ankles, one ankle three times, the other he fractured Uh, uh, that ended his season. So we get Rod Boone here asking Steve Clifford, what are the next steps for LaMelo Ball? And Clifford says, I think it's continued improvement defensively, which he improved a lot last year. And then as much as anything offensively, it's continued to work on his pick and roll game. He can be a great, great pick and roll player. We want him to get involved in more pick and rolls with different combinations, not just with centers, with the other perimeter players also. He's terrific anyway, but that can get his game to the next level. Agree, disagree, Walker? I really like
1: the idea of him creating the pick and roll alongside, you know, Miles Bridges. That can be pretty devastating if you're just talking about other players to be involved PNR wise. So talking about Miles Bridges, yes, that makes a lot of sense. PJ Washington, we saw especially in the short wall roll, role how effective PJ Washington was. Lamelo in that two man game would do very well. Defensively, if we're just asking what LaMelo needs to improve on, yeah, I think that would be both of our answers. It was last year. Steve Clifford was very, you know, he was ready to tell you that LaMelo got a lot better defensively as the season went on, but only 36 games. So I don't know if we saw definitely not the true ceiling of LaMelo's defensive prowess. We definitely didn't see that. I, I don't know how much better he could get only playing 36 games if that's something he needs to improve on the most. But we're certainly hoping for it this year. Mark Williams, um, a full off season with him, and uh, I should say a full off season with Mark Williams, with him having some NBA experience now. I think that's going to help the defense overall. It's going to help everybody. At least that's his job. We'll see about Miles Bridges after taking a year off. Having PJ Washington back, that's a big deal. So, and even Gordon Hayward, Doug. I know you kind of dug into the advanced stats. Gordon Hayward helps this team defensively in the half court. You have now some defensive pieces to where even if you look back at post all-star break, when everybody was injured, Steve Clifford had this team as one of the best defensive teams in the entire NBA. Can LaMelo piggyback off of that to improve his individual game? I think Clifford is dead on about where he continues to improve.
0: Yeah. I think that he, If he can just become a little bit more disciplined defensively without again, without losing the the creativity, his ability to steal the basketball and get this team out into transition. If he can do that, if he can cut down on some of the fouling, I mean, that would honestly it would keep him on the floor and and help him be better offensively. But also it would just keep the foul count down on the team overall. Um, I mean, he was he had some high foul games last season and he only played 36 and there were a number that he fouled out. And so if he if he can just be a little bit more disciplined, cut out some of the frustration fouls, that's going to help his help the team defense overall. And then offensively, I think Clifford's dead on here too. his percentages at the rim last season uh, were inefficient, were below average. If you look really across his entire career as a pick and roll player, um, you know, in terms of the percentiles on those pick and roll plays, it's like somewhere in between 32 to 37. So well below average in terms of pick and roll why uh, because he's getting to the rim uh, and a lot of these uh, rim opportunities are these pull-up floaters uh that that don't turn out well um a lot of times i think he goes too quick in the pick and roll and and allows the team to adjust um and you know since send, send extra guys over his way and also the the centers that he's rolling off of haven't been threats to shoot i mean mason plumley wasn't a threat to shoot. Mark Williams last season wasn't a threat to shoot. And so defenses are going to have more opportunities to send two guys at him. It's going to make it more difficult for him to finish at the rim or um, even draw a foul. So his decision-making has to get better in terms of those pick and rolls. I like Clifford's idea here of getting some more different combinations because if he's – you know, it forces teams, if he's rolling off of Terry Rozier or Gordon Hayward or whatever – it forces teams to think about if they want to switch because then it's going to put LaMelo on maybe a slightly better matchup um, and and they can't drop as well because, you know, Gordon Hayward's a threat to shoot the three, Terry, same thing, and Miles.
1: Well, well and, and so here we are just talking a little bit more about where he can improve. I just mentioned his ceiling. What is his ceiling? Baron Davis talked about this and Baron said on LaMelo Ball, we don't know what his ceiling is. He has an intangible that only the greats are given. He has the personality, the vision, the game, the heart. And he's clutch. He's highly intelligent. He has an incredible emotional IQ. I like that. He's damn near six foot nine now. I stood next to him. You think about someone whose basketball is art. The basketball is like a musical instrument to this kid. Okay. That quote is as glowing review. Mm. And the quote itself is art, Doug. A musical instrument saying, also with some proof, I stood next to him. He is six foot nine. He talked about his emotional IQ. No one, forget basketball IQ. That's a tired take. What's wired is I want to know what your emotional basketball IQ is. And Baron Davis gave it to you in this. What a fantastic write up from Baron Davis himself.
0: Well, LaMelo is calm, cool, and collected. Uh, you know, he does have the frustration fouls on the court that he has to figure out. But off the court, you know, it, it doesn't, he, it seems like he lets a lot of things roll off his back and he's not really rattled very easily. And I and I think that's I think that can be easily misinterpreted as not caring about the game or not caring about winning. I, I think some of the negative views on Lamelo Ball come from the fact that he's not like slamming. You know, that he's been part of some embarrassing play-in losses. He's been part of now you know a, a season uh, where they were near the bottom of of the standings. And he's not the kind of guy that's going to go out and like pound the press conference table and get upset about anything. And I think sometimes people take that to to mean, oh, well, he just doesn't he doesn't care enough to be a superstar in this league. And I think Clifford would be the first to uh, say that that's a, an incorrect interpretation of of who Lamelo is because he's constantly in the gym, he's constantly improving his game, he does care about being a better basketball player. And I just hope he's healthy enough to install some of the things that Lamelo is learning about himself, that Lamelo is learning through his experience in the NBA, and that. Clifford, the coaches, the other players can also help him achieve as well.
1: When people describe other athletes as calm, cool, and collected, can you ever just be one or two of those? Or do you have to be three? Because I don't think you can. I think no. if you're calm, then you're cool and collected. If right. you're calm and cool, then you're definitely collected as well. I don't think you can be calm, but not be cool and collected. I don't think that can be true.
0: No, you're dead on here. It's three C's or no C, okay? Mm-hmm. If you don't have three C's, you have zero C's.
1: He's got the three C's. Lamella Baron just told you. He's got the three C's, and for that, we're really excited about what he can do this season. All right, Doug, why don't you get everything ready because we got to go to a different segment. I already told you what I'm dealing with today. So I'm sorry to game time that I cannot be your spokesperson for this very <laughs> episode, but Doug can. Tell the people about game time here, Doug.
0: All right, before I do that, I want to tell everyone that next – we're going to talk about we talked about the starting point guard but next we're going to talk about a bevy of point guard options mm, for the backup point guard position that the Charlotte Hornets have suddenly signed. We went from no backup point guard to like seven backup point guards all of a sudden, so we'll talk about that in just a second. But first I want to tell you about game time. Uh you shouldn't have to worry when you're buying tickets to your next big event. I I most people that watch the show know that uh, i'm not in charlotte i'm in nashville tennessee it's music city there are a lot of concerts here and the concert buying process is just wild to me there are a lot of just like sketchy dealers sketchy websites i don't like to deal with any of it that's why i like game time game time is the only ticketing out that gives you complete peace of mind with your purchase see the view from your seat before you buy so you know exactly what to expect when you arrive all-in prices show you your total up front what a concept so you know you're getting a great deal without any of those nasty hidden fees. You can buy tickets in seconds with two taps. Take the guesswork out of buying tickets with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use the code LockedOnNBA. All one word: LockedOnNBA for twenty dollars off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account, redeem the code LockedOnNBA. L O C K E D O N N B A for twenty dollars off. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets. Lowest price guaranteed. More locked on Hornets ahead.
1: All right, Doug, on Friday, we got some news that the Hornets were going to add to the point guard position. We have been asking for it for quite some time. Just what it was going to look like. We went in thinking, okay, looks like it'll be Frank Nilakina. It's going to be Terry rogier in emergency spots again because they didn't have an emergency point guard like they fell into last year, very late into the offseason with Teo Maladon. And then we just never got any word of what was going to happen with Teo again. We had no clue. Is he back on the team? I guess not. Where's he going? Does he play for an NBA squad? Nope. Okay. Finally, they signed him to a two-way contract. So he is back on the squad. But the other names Hunter.
0: Sorry to get that Teo in there. No, I know you're excited. Yes.
1: I, I, some people, I think uh, our buddy Rod was calling for an emergency podcast based off of the backup (laughs) point guard signings. So we appreciate Rod. Sorry. We had to wait a little while to give you the episode. So Teo Maladon two-way contract. I believe RJ Hunter is on an exhibit 10 contract. We saw that news a little bit earlier. So that one, not really the surprise, but Edmund Sumner, former Xavier Musketeer, former Indiana Pacer tore his Achilles a couple of years ago, did come back and play one season with Brooklyn, 53 games, so appeared in a lot of Mm contests, shot the ball pretty well, even the year before and after his Achilles injury. So what are some things to like? What are some things to know about Edmund Subner being signed with the Charlotte Hornets?
0: Well, I think the one thing you can take away from a lot of these signings is that the Hornets are prioritizing size, right? I mean, length. Size—that's what they're looking for—and I think Teo Maladone represents sort of the alternate of that, which is he doesn't necessarily have the the wingspan for you know the and the height, but he's got the knowledge of the system. So that'll be the two things I think battling in camp is one guy in Teo Maladone who not only knows the system but proves he, he could run it last season effectively and got kudos from Steve Clifford versus Frank Milakina and Edmund Sumner and R.J. Hunter who are more prototypical. Uh, you know, guards, but I don't know if any of them are, I think all of them have downsides in terms of just pure creation. Like, I don't think of Edmund Sumner as as an excellent creator. Frank Nilekina, same thing. Like, I think they're valued for different reasons. Frank Nilekina is going to be valued for his defensive prowess, his ability to guard multiple positions. Sumner has the length to guard multiple positions. You know, I think defensively, okay, but you're really looking at him as like an explosive three point scorer, maybe a little bit inconsistent, good driver, quick off the bounce and and somebody that's going to help you with rebounding as well. So I I like that they've brought in multiple options that are all going to have sort of pros and cons and allow Steve Clifford to make a selection that's going to best benefit the team, because what we're really talking about, honestly, is a guy that's probably going to get maybe seven to 10 minutes. You know, I think you heard Clifford with Rod Boone say they're still going to look at Terry Rozier at some backup point guard. So you're not even talking about a person that's going to be like exclusively the backup point guard. So I think, you know, these are cheap options. You could criticize that if you want to. I think the team obviously thinks, look, if LaMelo Ball goes down, this season's over anyway. So why invest a ton of money? Why invest like mid-level type money in a player uh, that's not really going to make or break your season. W- why not invest that money later when the team has proven that they can be competitive? Um, you know, I, I don't. I-, I I have a hard time getting like worked up about that reasoning. Oh yeah. At this point.
1: Well, yeah, and we know about at least having Teo Maladon as a emergency backup point guard. One of the better emergency backup options out there. One of the Rapid better. Yeah, one of the better three-string guys that you can have, if that even makes any kind of sense. We saw him play quite a bit at the beginning of last season. He played really up until 2023. So if you look at, he played 35 games. And that was his last one was December 31st. And then he was inactive for a lot of games until he was back into the rotation to very very end of the season, March 24th. That was his 37th appearance. So there was one just because of um, emergency. Again, Teo had to play in the middle of that stretch. But a lot of this too, I think had to, you know, be a part of not wanting to convert that two-way contract so I think that was part. I believe that's correct about the stipulations for a two-way contract. You can only play so much, if I'm not mistaken. Maybe well, yeah, I'm wrong that's why.
0: That. That's why you saw yeah. a long absence for Teo Maladone in the middle of the season when right. all of us were going right. like, "What is the deal? Like, why not bring?" You know, when Terry was playing so much point guard, yes, you saw him towards the end of the year, but it was that game limit that is that is the rub. Right. But I think of the three players, Teo Maladone is the player where where you. Could most see in a two-way situation going down to Greensboro as opposed to Frank and Edmund, who have a little bit more experience. And also, those are both non-guarantee contracts. So Teo Maladone, I think this is a signal that like yeah. the franchise likes Teo Maladone enough to say, no, you're actually like part of this thing. Whereas Frank and I think Edmund and RJ are going to be fighting for what is essentially a final roster spot if they want to spend it. And that's another option. I think there are a couple of ways this can go Walker. They could look at Frank and Edmund and go nah to both and say, we're just going to roll with the same thing we did last year. A yeah. little bit of Teo, a little bit of Terry it's mambo number five at the backup point guard position. <laughs> and you know, we'll, we'll, you know, we'll see how it goes. Uh, and if we're good, maybe we'll look at signing someone, you know, the off the waiver wire when it gets down to that. Uh, or, they could possibly, they've got some options coming up on book night and Kai Jones, they may just say, Hey, we're actually going to open up another roster spot just to keep that final roster spot open. So, uh, and release one of those players. So I think there are a, a bevy of options. I've used Bevy now twice in this podcast. There are a lot of options for, but I, you know, you, you, you don't want to overuse it. So they've got a lot of options.
1: Yeah, drove my Chevy to the bevy, but don't let the bevy go dry. I want you to keep using it, especially in this last segment. <laughs> coming up next on the Locked On Hornets podcast.
0: I think this is me again. I think had. so.
1: Go ahead and tell us what's up, Ned. Uh,
0: all ne- right, coming up next on the Locked On Hornets podcast, I'm going to tell you why I feel bad for Panthers fans. Um, also, we've got some updates on uh, Kai Jones, his status with the future of the team. We'll have all of that next on the Locked On Hornets podcast. <laughs>
1: clearly not feeling very good today clearly i'm not allowed to say anything with any kind of volume so i'm trying to keep it at a little bit i'm just trying to take it easy for the most part despite having to do hornets media day it sucks that this is going to be the day that i have to deal with this but also the panthers are not helping doug because if i want to (laughs) yell it doesn't sound as scary and really as angry as i want it to when I get coughed up and then I can't really say anything. And then I got a high pitched voice and then nothing comes out. So it's really hard. Uh, this, uh, this Panthers Panthers team, this offense, it's, it's awful watching them play against Minnesota, which was our last little glimmer of hope before we got into a couple of games that were going to be hard to win against Detroit, and Miami. This is looking like, zero and six and the offense looks terrible.
0: Yeah, I feel really bad for Panthers fans because the, I think you're going to see an exodus of interest in this Panther season as it continues to go south. Sa- not only go south. Be <laughs> I mean, one thing if the season went south, but you're talking about a, a rookie quarterback who is not coming out to a stellar start and, and I know there's a big debate in Pantherland about like how hard you want to be on uh, Bryce Young and whatever, but it's yeah. tough when you look at C.J. Stroud and what he's doing in Houston, okay? So you've not only got that, you've got that situation with the rookie quarterback. The fact that you gave up picks, uh, and, you know, big-time picks to get this player, that's tough, okay? But here's why I feel bad, because I think there's going to be an exodus of interest, and that exodus will lead to the Charlotte Hornets, <laughs> and the Hornets, as people that watch the show a lot, we've chronicled, have not had a lot of positive headlines. And yet there is still some hope that is just sitting right out in front of us in terms of LaMelo Ball's development and they're getting some pieces back. Mark Williams looks like an exciting prospect and I'm I'm just worried for these fans who are coming in get it, going to get excited about the Charlotte Hornets after uh you know the, this Panther start and and I'm afraid that the Pan- the Hornets are just going to crush their hopes. Oh, I'm afraid Yeah, I mean, yeah I'm no. afraid I'm afraid for their souls.
1: It's it's going to be bad. I I was talking about this very thing with Colin Hoggard, who is an associate uh, assistant program director or you know, associate program director over at WFNZ. We were talking about people trying to find salvation, saying they can't wait for basketball season to start. And look, I love you. We, we welcome you, welcome aboard. But totally waiting, waiting for salvation. Waiting for refuge because the Hornets are going to start their season soon is like running away from the bad guy seeking shelter in a shed full of machetes and (laughs) then just hovering in fetal position, rocking back and forth. Yes, this machete filled shed will save me from the bad guy outside. Now, it's not that please, please don't think that you are going to see anything that is salvation. Just move along divide your stress, divide your pain into a couple of different areas. And maybe it's not as bad as having all sorts of pain, just divvied up into one specific area. That's the only advice that I can give anybody.
0: Well, and that's the thing that I don't want this to, I'm not trying to turn this into a negative segment. What I'm saying is we're prepared for the hurt. The people that yeah. watch this show, you and I Walker, we are the sickos. We are, we are prepared for whatever, especially after last season and the injuries, like we are prepared for whatever the basketball gods have in store for us until we remove whatever this hex is, this pox upon our house. Until we remove that, we are ready for the hurt. The people that are coming over from Pantherland are not ready. In your machete example, they are the sort of – the the teenagers in that horror movie who are just not ready. You and I are coming in there like we're we're in the the night armor. You know we're like you machetes can't hurt us at this point. Nothing can hurt us. We're ready for anything. But we also understand that this season is is a season of transition. It is not a season where and, and the backup point guard discussion I think highlights it. This is not a team that is seri that is totally serious this season about making the play in or making the playoffs now if they happen to do it great this is not this is also not a team trying to tank this is not Mm -hmm. a team that would enjoy having a top three select I mean I guess they would like it but they don't want to have a top three selection in next year's draft they are not trying to tank but they're also not built to fully compete that's not going to happen I think for at least another season and so I'm afraid that these Panthers fans are not prepared for that
1: Well, and here we are talking about a lot of non-basketball issues with the Hornets as well this offseason, which we can't seek refuge from. Kai Jones being a big part of that. And we got some Kai Jones news over the weekend. It was Shams who tweeted this out. The Charlotte Hornets will have 2021 first-round pick Kai Jones away from the team indefinitely, and there is no timetable for his return. Sources tell The Athletic and Stadium. Jones will miss training camp due to personal reasons, and the team remains in constant communication with him. Just to be clear, Kai Jones also will not be there for media day. So no media day, that's a little bit of a checkpoint, and now training camp. We mentioned this, Doug. Not appearing at voluntary workouts, okay, you can hide behind the camouflage that is voluntary there. Even though everybody else is showing up, you could hide behind it being voluntary. Now you're missing media day and you're missing training camp. You said if they miss training camp, if Kai does, any player does, that's when it starts to get a little more serious about his future with the team. Well, it's here, not expected to play. What do you make of this news from Shams?
0: To me, it represents the end of, of Kai Jones uh, as, as a member of the Charlotte Hornets. I, don't, I would be shocked if it ended any other way. Because the Hornets, as I mentioned in the last segment, have decisions to make on both James Booknight and Kai Jones. According to SpoTrack, the deadlines on both of the club options on those players is spooky season, Halloween, Mm -hmm. October 31st. So they have to make a decision. Do they pay Booknight another $6 million next season? And do they pay Kai Jones another $4.7 million? Because both of these players are (laughs) first-rounders, so they come with they come with some big checks that the hornets have to cut if they want to extend the futures for either of these players. And the hornets also have a roster spot issue. They I mean they they're they're full up. They've got a lot of players which is which is a twofold problem for Kai Jones, right? Because it means that the hornets have a lot of players that they're trying to get into the rotation, so he would need to compete with those players. Um, but it also uh, presents the Hornets with a challenge if they do, you know, if they do surprise people out of the gate and suddenly have uh, a squad that might compete for a play in spot then they're going to need to do some shuffling or have some flexibility in terms of roster spots, if they want to bring some players in. So uh, I, I don't think it looks good for Kai at this point, which then brings up no. the question, what do the Hornets do if Mark Williams or Nick Richards get hurt gets
1: hurt? Yeah. I think that the good news is Yes. Kai Jones was somebody on the basketball court that could give you some exciting plays would bring you energy. There were a couple of times that we got excited about Kai last year, but never, you know, it was always with some reluctance or not reluctance, I should say, but also with a little bit of fear in the back of the mind, he might make a defensive mistake. And sure enough, that would happen. I, I think you can replace what Kai is now out there on the free agent market. Right, like I don't, I don't think getting somebody—you won't have a a body like Kai. You won't have the athleticism, but some kind of third string center with what Kai has given us so uh, far.
0: Now my voice is giving out. You're giving it to me. It's it's contagious. It's podtagious. You want some names? Let me throw some names out. Sure. Let's. Available centers. You ready for these names? Uh Okay. Could I interest you in in a 31 year old Bismack Biombo?
1: Yeah, I figured that was the name you were going to hit me with first. Oh, I, I got figured.
0: more, buddy. I got more. Can I interest you in a 30-year-old Frank the Tank Kaminsky is available oh as an unrestricted free agent?
1: Oh, my God. Where's, where's Cody Zeller now? Is he free?
0: Uh, I, don't I, don't think, don't, I he's think he's free. still under contract with Miami, potentially. Okay. okay, okay. But if you don't like Frank and you don't like Biz, there is another name. It's Billy Hernan Gomez, twenty-nine-year-old Billy Hernan Gomez, also available now. Now, if none of those yeah. names interest you, I okay. could also uh, give you unrestricted free agent non-Bird Vernon Carey Jr. <laughs> it's like a, it's an elephant graveyard of Hornets it, uh, center position.
1: Sort it of. didn't stop. I thought you would stop after two. But they just they just kept coming with Hornet centers that did not make it. The point being, really, this is all about, you know, OK, so Kai Jones probably gets cut. Nobody's going to want to trade for him. There's not if if you wanted to trade for him, that it would have to be like a top 55 protected pick that would never convey. You just needed something to happen to complete a transaction. And the team wanted Kai Jones badly enough to not have him be out there on the open market. That's how that would happen. So more than likely, he'll get cut, not be on the squad, and we'll see what another team does. Really, I hope everything works out for Kai Jones because it's sad. Mm -hmm. It sucks seeing what happens with Kai. You know, continue the bizarre social media behavior. No one knows what he's dealing with right now. The only kind of confirmation on anything was that his dad went to Instagram, I believe, and said that Kai's okay. But he continued what was very different social media behavior. I don't know how bad it is, but it's certainly something that is contributing to him not being with the team any longer. So hopefully it all works out for Kai, whether it be with the Hornets or whether it be with a different NBA team. But I'm with you, Doug. If you're not doing media day, if you're not going to be there for training camp, it just, you know, when you're calling out players on social media too that are on your own squad, it just feels like all of this was headed this direction and we might be there as far as him getting out sooner rather than later.
0: Well, and this is just an example of you care about the person, you you want to see the person do well, recover from whatever is is ailing them. But all of that is running up against the NBA realities that the the NBA world of the Charlotte Hornets moves on and it moves very quickly and deadlines are suddenly here and roster spots are filling up. And there are, you know, for every one person that's struggling, uh, you know, to get back out on the floor, there are like five guys who are just super willing to take that person's position because there aren't a lot of roster spots in the NBA. There are much, There are many more players wanting those roster spots than there are players available. But I am glad... That whoever is intervening in this situation for Kai, um, and the team are convinced that this is the best move for Kai, um, because yeah. you, what you don't, what you don't love to see, what you don't even really know about, because you're you're not going to know about the situations where guys are going out there when they shouldn't be, when guys are you know trying to resume normality because there's a lot of pressure. Obviously, I don't think Kai like wants to not be part of the Charlotte Hornets, but it might be the best thing for him just in his life moving forward, because honestly, like for a guy his size with his talent and the things that he's flashed, there will be future opportunities for Kai Jones. If, if everything in his life is, you know, gets to some kind of more, you know, stable place, there will be future opportunities for a guy like Kai Jones. Um, I just don't think it's going to be with the Charlotte Hornets at this.
1: point. Last thing for me, clearly Kai Jones, mental health, that is first and foremost about what people should care about. If you look at the, about the basketball ramifications that 2021's draft had on this team, it's catastrophic. Because you look at James Booknight, we're having the conversation whether you believe in Booknight or not, and I know he's got his group out there. If you believe, it, whether you believe in him or not, it is certainly a question whether the Charlotte Hornets are going to pick up that contract and pay him six million dollars this upcoming season. Even if they do, is he going to be a part of the rotation? So Booknight and Kai two first round picks. Also, you trade it up to go select Kai Jones and you have not been able to use that in a mid-season trade. Doug, it, it is essentially two years later, by the way. It's not like, it, it's people like to go with the MKG bust label. He at least got to a second contract where it made sense to bring him back. You're talking about Booknight and Kai in the same draft two years later. We're having yeah. this conversation about whether they should give him another chance. And you lit that first round pick that you traded up to go get Kai on fire. Three first round picks not doing anything for you in this short amount of time. And that is that's disastrous for this team looking to build so much so to try to manufacture talent for a Lamello ball, for some of the other guys that they drafted before, even Miles now that he's back. It was it was disastrous. This twenty twenty one draft was.
0: It, it is disastrous. I wouldn't say catastrophic. You said catastrophic. I'm glad you downgraded it to disastrous and not catastrophic. Okay. And, I'll, and I'll tell you why. Because be Mitch Kupchak would then follow that up with Mark Williams, uh, JT Thor later in that uh, 21 draft, and then Mark Williams, Bryce McGowans, guys that are uh, legitimate threats to be in this road. Well, Mark is is solidly the starter. But Bryce McGowan's JT Thor are guys that you can count on to be rotational pieces. Now, they're not stars in this league, but they are players that have gained the confidence of Steve Clifford. Had Mitch Kupchak not hit on literally all of those, he needed to hit on all of those, then it would have been absolutely catastrophic. But the fact that they do have some rotational pieces post that draft, I honestly, I think may have saved Mitch Kupchak's job for okay. the meantime, yeah. like I don't I don't think he would be the GM right now if uh, to if Mark and JT or Mark and Bryce or some combination of those three had not hit.
1: OK, catastrophic. That's too strong. I looked up synonyms for uh, disastrous catastrophic was number one on one mm-hmm. list, but we can move on to the next. So catastrophic's too much. We'll go to disastrous. Yeah, you're right.
0: Catastrophic to me means like, you know, scorched earth. You've got nothing. There's no hope. Like when I look at Bryce McGowan's, even though, you know, he's had a setback because he 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 hurt an ankle too. God, these ankles. But he's had a setback, but hopefully he gets back soon. But with JT Thor and Mark Williams, you've got pieces there where you go, okay, they can they can eat minutes. Um, you know, there 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 is a next man quality where they didn't have to go and like overpay you know, some substandard free agents. And, there, and and I joking, I made jokes about the center position because there are so many Hornets names on that list. But in terms of a third center who you don't expect to play, there are a few names yeah. that would be very cheap, like Gorgie Jang, uh, Dwayne Deadman, Will, uh, Willie Cauley-Stein is sitting out there. So again, you don't want to count on those players, but if you need a third center at some point, uh, you know, there are a few names out there that you wouldn't uh, uh, totally cringe at.
1: Okay, I guess we'll find out a lot of stuff later on today with Hornets Media Day, man. Big day in the Hornets off season as we creep ever so slowly closer to the regular season. Oh, Thanks and for New Noel,
0: Nerlens Noel is also out there.
1: Okay, there you go, Nerlens Noel, 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 whatever. I don't know. I, it's, it's like the PJ
0: there. with the dots or the PJ with no yeah. dots. Noel, Noel,
1: I don't know. Okay. Make your Let's second play some basketball game, <laughs> game to game NBA every moment, every time performance, every result locked on game to game covers every game from across the league with local analysis that only locked on can deliver. Follow game to game on locked on NBA available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Make us your first listen tomorrow when we'll have a full recap of Charlotte Hornets media day. We'll have a bunch of takeaways that actually last us throughout the week. So lots of information coming at you later on today. Actually, Twitter day today. Follow us at Walker Mail, at Doug Branson, L-O-H, at Lockdown Hornets. Big Twitter day, big news day. We'll recap it tomorrow. Have a great rest of your day.